is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. I'm John Bucks, together with Brian Chin. Good evening. Let's talk about FPL once again, Bucks. Glad to be here. Yeah, baby. We are checking in, and we are leading up to Game Week 4. We have had way too much time away from the game we love over this international break. And so, you know, the two weeks is almost up. We are through international break, World Cup qualifying. Why are we doing this mid-pandemic? We're all finding this out on the fly, (laughs) but we're just happy to be back potting. And on this episode, we're going to really preview the top FPL matchups in game week four, as well as answer your community questions before we dive into a little bit of insight on what we're thinking for our transfer moves. Yes, Bucks. Here we are again. We have some upcoming fixtures. I was really enjoying getting some extra sleep last weekend, you know, not waking up at uh, 4 4 a.m. Pacific time to watch the first match. But those days are now behind us and we're coming up on another weekend filled with FPL and all the footy matches. So excited to be back. And let's just dive right into the matches that we're targeting for the FPL returns in our teams. Absolutely. And that starts with the opening match of the weekend, which is Crystal Palace versus Tottenham Hotspur. In this match, we'll see Kane once again start next to Sun. But recent news is that Sun picked up a little bit of a calf strain in international play. So make sure to watch the news and watch the team roundup before the game week begins. Because if you have him, he's been a great differential, but... It'll be really difficult if he's out for a few weeks to just have that 10 million players sitting on your bench. Uh, From a gameplay perspective, this really looks to be a great uh, defensive matchup for Spurs. I'm expecting Reguillon to be on, you know, at least six to nine points and for Kane to net his first goal of the season in this match. Bucks, anything from a Crystal Palace perspective to share? Yeah, I think this is a tough match for Crystal Palace coming out of the international break. Kane scored for England, so he has seen the ball hit the back of the net. That's never a good side for any of his opposition, <laughs> so I expect he's going to deliver. That's all he needs, too, Bucks. Exactly. He's, all he needs is one, and then that train is is revving up and leaving the station. Absolutely. I, I expect he scores at least one this match, with or without Sung on the pitch next to him. FPL wisdom is not to pick your captain from this opening match because then you have to sweat through the entire rest of the games (laughs) knowing that your player already played. So this is one to watch, but I think FPL is going to be a little less involved. Yeah, I just want to call out that Kane had one of his biggest hauls of the season versus Crystal Palace last year in a 4-1 victory. I am still suffering from PTSD from not having him in my squad, and he hung up 19 points in a 4-1 a victory, two goals, two assists, and bonus points. Uh, it was really tough to stomach. So I uh, also wanted to point out that he did score in the first fixture last season as well um, with a goal and max bonus points. So he does like playing against uh, Palace, and this is an opportunity for a potential differential if you do have him in your side. I'm not seeing him in a lot of teams, but some of those Tottenham Spurs diehards might have him in. Uh, definitely a captainable option, in my opinion, this week. For sure. Brings us to the next match, which we actually want to include for the reason of making sure that you are not watching this. And that's (laughs) Arsenal versus Norwich. Please, please, God, do anything else with your life rather than watch this game. Make brunch plans. Go for a walk. 
read a book. Don't watch this game, please, for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, Bucks, this is the type of game where nobody watches and like Aubameyang gets a hat trick, right? And ends up on like 20 points or something like bonkers. But uh, for this one, like we've been saying in the last few episodes, this is the the remedy of all remedies. I think this is where Arsenal, you know, wins three to one or two to one and gets their first W of the season. We've been really hard on them. And so is the FPL community. But like they just played two of the best teams in the Premier League. They played Chelsea. We expected them to lose. They played Manchester City. We expected them to lose. So I think this is the run where they start to build a little bit of momentum and kind of try and have their full side for the first time. But nothing you need to watch. We'll give you the recap later on in a different episode. Absolutely. This is the perfect medicine for any ailing manager or squad. Arteta and Arsenal could not have timed it better getting to play against Norwich. So we expect the Gunners will come out with some points finally in this match. And with that, we can move on to a much more exciting and compelling matchup, which is Leicester versus Man City. Ooh, Leicester versus Man City. They've had some interesting matchups the last few years, and I'm expecting kind of high scoring game. I think this is going to be a, a 3-2 or a 4-2 Manchester City finish. I think they're going to keep on rolling. They're coming off of back-to-back 5-0 victories and there's nothing that would prove to me otherwise that Leicester's has a more stout defense and uh, they've played pretty open as well. So I'm expecting there to be a lot of goals in this one and if West Ham can hang four goals on this Leicester defense, there's no reason that uh, Man City should as well. So interesting, obviously, to see what the the team sheet looks like. For the love of God, please start Ianacho against his former team. That's what I want. I want some Nacho Man in my life. Bucks can Brendan Rodgers please deliver that? <laughs> Give me the sauce. Give me that Nacho cheese sauce. Come on, Brendan. Preach. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tactically beautiful match to watch. There are so many good players, but there's really two of the best on the sidelines between Pep and Brendan Rodgers. So this should be an all all hands on deck, really entertaining one. I will definitely be watching this game with bated breath. I don't have any players at this point in time in this match, which is a huge kick in the gut. But I expect that if you have Man City players, that you're not going to be scared off by the fact that they're playing against Leicester. Obviously, Leicester do have a storied reputation from the last few seasons. But City and Leicester always seem to put in goals when they play against each other. So that's worth noting. And if you still have Harvey Barnes, you need Jesus because you either hit your forgot password option (laughs) and you just need to admit that you made a mistake, save face in FPL and transfer him out ASAP before you lose even more team value. This is not the match where you get right. City are one of the toughest teams to play against from an attacking perspective, but also from a frustrating, uh, allowing goals perspective. So I expect that a lot of the Leicester players will be playing counter-attacking football as City control the ball for much of this match. Yeah, Bucks, just taking a look back, I think Pep still has a bad taste in his mouth when Leicester defeated them early on in the season. Uh, I believe it was game week three last year. Five to two, Leicester beat up on City. Um, So I'm expecting this to, you know, be another match where Pep... Revenge! Yep. The, the old revenge game. Um, so I'm expecting them to keep on on rolling here. So let's move it along to Manchester United versus Newcastle. 
This is going to be a very interesting one to see the team sheet with Ronaldo in it for the first time. You know, Bruno is just coming off of 90 full minutes in the second international game for Portugal, whereas Ronaldo flew back early to start training at Old Trafford. So what are you thinking here, Bucks? What are well, Who's going to be on this team sheet to uh, set up Ronaldo for his first FPL points? So there's so much swirling around this match. I think this is not such an exciting match when we actually start the game, but this is going to be by far the most watched match of the game week from an FPL perspective. And, you know, less important are the players and what they do on the field to what is going on before the game starts with Ole Gunnar Sochar and his team sheet. So I would be surprised if Ronaldo plays the full 90. I would actually even be surprised if he starts right out of the gate. I think he's going to come on for a legend's welcome home. Hot, hot yeah, takes, this- hot takes. Bucks, you're just spewing the, the hot takes and the hot snakes coming out of your mouth. So you better be careful. This Ronaldo, he'll come to get you. Yeah, listen, I, I know what I'm getting into. I am not going in Ronaldo for game week four. I want to see it in the Premier League. He is 36. He hasn't been in this league in some time. And, you know, this is Bruno's team. So we understand that Portugal is Ronaldo's team and Bruno kind of falls in line. But Bruno has really been the core most important piece for Ole's team and for United in the past few seasons. So I expect that Bruno, Greenwood, Sancho, and Pogba will end up benefiting playing alongside Ronaldo. I just don't know if that's going to happen in this match. And, you know, all we care about in FPL is this match in front of us. That's right. And so I'm keeping Bruno. He's 12 million. He's a super premium FPL player for a reason. And I expect that he's going to produce. I would not be moving off Bruno before they get the likes of Newcastle defense. I mean, that seems crazy to me. But, you know, again, it's just my take. I think I expect that Ronaldo will get a hero's welcome. And so he'll be subbed on in the second half. The fans will go absolutely bananas. They'll go totally crazy. They'll throw their really expensive beers. They'll throw their scarves in the air. They'll take their shirts off on their unathletic bodies. I know it will just be a sight for sore eyes, but, you know, I expect he'll probably still score, (laughs) but uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing the massive returns that uh, some Ronaldo wildcarders are expecting from this first match. Yeah, and for me, looking at the Twitter community and the FPL community as a whole, a lot of players are taking a hit to remove Bruno and bring in Ronaldo. So obviously, if you're going to captain Ronaldo in this match, I, that makes a little bit more sense. But Bruno versus a Newcastle defense where he can get assists or score goals uh, from open play, I just don't see that that's a good move this match. I think you should wait and hold on to your transfer, potentially, if that's the move you're making. And think about making it the week after, once we see Ronaldo on the pitch and how he integrates himself in this side. This could be the one chance in the last two seasons of FPL where captaining Bruno Fernandes might actually be a differential choice. So just let that resonate for one second. I think Bruno and Mason Greenwood are both really strong potential captain options. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo is as well. He'll probably end up being a captain option for every single match that he plays in. But Newcastle, first match with the new team, I'm kind of giving him a little bit of time. So that's my take. On to the next one. Chelsea versus Villa. Ooh, the villains have their work 
cut out for them because the good guys in blue are going to be thrashing them on the pitch. That's my prediction. I'm thinking a 3-0 victory for Chelsea this weekend because the villains don't have any of their defensive players and <laughs> Lukaku is primed, ready. He scored in in for Belgium. He looks to be really integrating himself with the rest of the Chelsea squad. And there's no Emmy Martinez. There's no Emmy Buendia. There's potentially injuries for Mings, injuries for Kansa. You got, like I said before in the previous pod, a guy named Jed in between the sticks. That can't uh, be good for anybody. So I think this is a very, very difficult match. And if I had any entertainment purposes only shekels on this game, they would be all on the Chelsea Blues. Yeah, Villa is definitely showing up to this match with already partially handcuffed uh, against a Chelsea team where you need all of your options going at full bore. So this should be an interesting match. Something to note, Danny Ings, since coming to Aston Villa, he's one of the only players as a forward that has three attacking returns from the first three matches. So it will be critical that Chelsea defense pinpoints Danny Ings and make sure that he does not strike. And we've seen him score for out of nothing. He has two goals on the season, pretty much out of zero buildup. So he's <laughs> a player who can be clinical in his finishing. But like Brian, I expect that Chelsea are going to end up dominating this match against a kind of second, second chance, second best uh, Villa side. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Bucks, it's interesting that you mentioned how Ings can score out of nothing, do some kind of crazy overhead scorpion kick. But uh, I was looking at some stats before, and his minutes per expected goal is actually 211 minutes. So he's only played about 260 minutes total. So it's kind of crazy that he's ended up on a couple goals. And uh, he's just that type of player that all he needs is one opportunity and he can you know, clinically finish it. But I expect our defense to be man marking him almost the entire game and, uh, you know, really risk the other players on Aston Villa to potentially, you know, hurt us on the wings. But this is a game where, again, Lukaku, if you have him in your side, especially if you brought him in last week, he is a, a very much a differential captain shout this week. And he should really bully both this backup goalkeeper and the backup, you know, defense uh, for Aston Villa. So, Definitely in our thoughts as a potential captain shout. Absolutely. Yeah. Lukaku for champion and potentially if he's your captain, if you have him, that's a great differential and we expect that he's going to haul. That brings us to the last match that we really want to profile. And that is Leeds versus Liverpool. This might end up being one of the more entertaining matches of the season. Both teams love to play really attacking gung-ho brand of football and this actually might end up being my favorite game to watch, even, even with my heart rooting on Chelsea. Uh, just from a uh, football fan perspective, this is the kind of football that I love to watch. So I think it's going to be wide open. I think it's going to be a goal fest. I don't expect that either team is going to keep a clean sheet, but I think a lot of people are, are seeing Salah or even Jota are potential strong captain shouts in this match. Brian, you seeing anything else? Well, if we can go back in time and really take a look at Leeds' introduction to the Premier League last season, it was in a 4-3 absolute goal fest versus Liverpool. And Mr. Mohamed Salah had 20 points 
or FPL that weekend with a hat trick and max bonus points. So now we're seeing Salah stuck on 99 goals going into this match, going for his 100th goal in the Premier League for Liverpool. I think he is uh, very much a great captain shout, and this could be a game that you know really goes up and down. Um, you know, the likes of Rafinha last year really jumped off the page in their second match, and he kind of solidified himself as a as an option of a very talented player in the Premier League. So I expect this one to be, like you said, very, very entertaining and hopefully uh, a lot of goals. I'm not really thrilled to have uh, Luke Ayling on my team. He'll be solidified as my first bench slot guy. But if he comes on, I'm expecting for zero or one points from him. Before we tick on from this match, one thing that I did want to speak with you about, Brian, is we both have Rafinha in our side. And I think there's a lot of questions on how do we address some of these attacking Leeds players for a match like this. Rafinha, Bamford, Jack Harrison. Is he going to be in your starting 11 for game week four, Brian? How are you addressing that? 100%. I back I back his talent against anybody. He really has the opportunity to be on you know, some of those free kicks, some corners, open play. Uh, I expect the Liverpool defense to be very tight. And therefore, Rafinha might have to just jack up a few, uh, you know, shots from outside the box. And he's just a player that, you know, he could easily come in for, you know, five points and get an assist or something. And that'll be, you know, happily take that in this type of matchup. But I think he's proven that, you know, he can create chances against anybody. It's just a matter of if his teammates finish them. Yeah, fair shout. I think uh, I'm thinking the same way. I'm not. 100% set that he's going to be in my starting lineup this week. This is one of those matches where I expect there's going to be goals. The question is, I also have Trent in my back line for, you know, he's kind of the anchor of my defense. So I would be kind of shooting myself in the hand to not take a side in this one. So uh, again, this is kind of the machinations and the, the conversations that you have to be having as a successful FPL manager to make sure that you're maximizing your points for each game week, but also for the course of the whole season. Yeah, I mean, you must be in a really great spot if you have somebody better on your bench than Rafinha to start in this upcoming game week. So who are you even considering potentially starting over him? Ben White against Norwich, baby, the people's champ. Oh my goodness. I don't know about that one, Bucks. That seems like a... A little bit of a gamble. The over tinker never hurts anyone. All right. With that, we've covered all the most pressing and most important games in game week four from an FPL perspective. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to address some pressing community questions. We got some really great input from our listeners and some of the other managers in the FPL Blues podcast mini week. So, Please get involved. We're going to keep that league open for another two game weeks. And you can email us or reach out to us on social media. We're at FPL Blues Podcast or FPL Blues Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Now it's time for some community questions. Thanks again for sending those in. Bucks and I have loved to address these each week. And the first one is from. Kev Johnson, who asks, is it time to swap Bruno for CR7? Who, who is that guy, Bucks? Have you heard anything about him? Yeah, I hear this Cristiano Ronaldo guy is pretty good, and he's been doing it for a minute. But uh, 
He just returned to the Premier League for Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. He's one of the most recognizable players in the world. So I think Brian and I have discussed this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I think both of us want to see it and are going to wait to make this swap. But I can definitely understand it because Bruno has been giving deference on penalty kicks to Cristiano Ronaldo for Portugal, for their national team. And Cristiano Ronaldo also takes a lot of set pieces. So Bruno's going to be off those. The issue is I think a lot of managers are going to have to make at least two moves to make this possible and sacrifice Bruno in the process. So I think it's too early for my team, but I can understand chasing upside why this move makes a lot of sense because Ronaldo scores goals and you know he's he's going to be playing. Just like Bruno plays every minute, I expect Ronaldo is going to play a lot, a lot of minutes for Ole Gota Sochar and for Manchester United. What's your take here, Brian? Yeah, for Ronaldo coming into the side, you know, we do expect him to play a lot of minutes. He is 36 years old. I think he's going to be rested in some of the early stages and group play for Champions League. But I, I also just want to see him, you know, do it on the pitch for a few matches before potentially bringing him in. This is a great cupcake fixture for United as a whole. So let's just say that Ronaldo didn't come to United. You would have very much so been looking to captain Fernandez this week, right? So to take a hit or to bring, you know, remove him to bring out another, you know, more expensive United asset to me just doesn't make that much sense. But if you have two free transfers and you're going to, you know, maybe take out, um, you know, one of your forwards and bring in Ronaldo, it's just a fun move. Like he's, he's the goat. Like if Messi came into the league, you'd be doing the same thing. You'd be tearing your team apart to try and get him in. And he's such a legend, both in FPL and in, you know, in the premier league that players just want to, you know, FPL managers want to watch him play. So I can't, I can't fault him for that. Continuing on this question theme, Trevor asks, he's thinking, I think this is a really popular move that we're seeing a lot of is pairing up, moving out Danny Ings and Bruno Fernandez and bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. And what Trevor wants to ask is, who are you going to pair with Cristiano Ronaldo in that midfield spot to kind of maximize FPL points? What are you thinking here, Brian? Yeah, I've given this a lot of thought because I own both Bruno and Ings and you know Ings is coming up on a very you know unfavorable fixture run where he's playing Chelsea away Everton Manchester United and then Tottenham right so you really don't want to have Ings for that upcoming uh death's row right there for him and you know as we mentioned before Villa is down a number of their key players and they're starting 11 so we're not expecting much from them so if you're going to bring in Ronaldo and swap out Ings, you know, you're going to have about maybe seven and a half million or so. Maybe you have a few in the bank. You know, top targets are going to consist of, you know, Greenwood if you don't have him. So you still have a attacking midfielder from United and they have good fixtures. And then probably, you know, you got to prioritize the likes of Fern- Ferran Torres playing out of position, 7.1 million, 7.2 million now, I believe. And he's, just a player that can score in bunches had 18 points last week. He's a player that you have to keep your eyes on, but you could also even, you know, go further down. You could go all the way to Rafinha at, you know, 6.5, B- 
and Rama at 6.4 and then save some of that money in the bank to fund future moves because there are a number of fixture swings, especially in the upcoming game weeks where we're going to see both City and Chelsea, you know, coming into form against easy teams. And those players are, you know, achievable, but you're going to need some extra money in the bank to, to get them into your side. Yeah, to build on what Brian was saying, one player he didn't mention is Diego Jota. He's 7.6 million. So if you don't have any extra funds, you're going to be frustrated to find that you're 0.1 million short of making this swap. But he would be my number one target for midfield uh, at this point in time. His kind of competition for minutes, Firmino, is out with an injury. That could be a couple weeks, it could be more significant. Uh, you never want to be hearing muscle injuries in a leg for a striker player, especially one a little higher up in age like Bobby Chompers is. Uh, my second preference is the other player that Brian mentioned is Rafinha. Rafinha has the best fixtures. If you look past game week four where they play Liverpool, they actually have the lowest average uh, fixture difficulty rating for until game week eight. And I think game week eight is when a lot of FPL managers who aren't using their wild card are going to be earmarking, potentially looking at around that second international break to kind of smash the power up button there. So hopefully that answers your question, Trevor. Yeah, great call on Jota. I have a little bit of brain fog because I have Simikas in my side, so I cannot bring in uh, Jota. So that's uh, that's me with my blinders on. But uh, good call there, Bucks. It looks like he is going to be have having such a high goal involvement and he's basically playing, you know, attacking striker position for one of the best teams in the league at his price. You should get him in if you don't have three Liverpool players currently. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Patrick McMichael asks, he knows that we're big Chelsea fans as evidenced by the name, but also uh, by the way that we uh, freak out and go crazy on our mini league WhatsApp group. He's asking about how we should approach the Chelsea defenders. And more importantly, he's asking if Chris, if Christensen is nailed as a starter. And so he's asking this not just for the next two to three game weeks, but kind of making this move to hold for the long haul. So Brian, I'll let you take this. I have a couple thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I mean, getting in on Chelsea's defense seems like a no-brainer. Even when they have hard fixtures, they're going to play very gutsy, competitive football. We just saw them with 10 men hold down Liverpool's 11 for a whole 45 minutes in the previous game week. Christensen is at 5.0, so very you know cheap price. And even if he plays three out of four games and rotates with Thiago Silva, I think at 5.0, that's very appealing. And he's a player that, you know, if you have a cheap defender on your bench that might be able to come in for him if he doesn't start, makes a lot of sense. Um, elsewhere, the, you know, the highest upside player is Reese James. He's out for the next three games with his red card that he got versus Liverpool for the handball. But, I mean, his upside of 18 points in one match, there are very few players. Maybe Trent is the only one above him that have that really true incredible ceiling so i i really would prefer him um at that option and he's a player that you could hold for a long time again tuchel does rotate you know people give pep all the shit in the world for being pep roulette but 
when you look at this Chelsea squad, they have two players at nearly every single position and they have aspirations to repeat in Champions League and and win the Premier League. So there will be rotation throughout the year. So just be mindful if you're going to get in one of those players that you need to have a playing bench behind it. And if you want to go the safe route, I know your your boy from Germany is uh, is a is an option at five point five as well, Bucks. Yeah, I think Patrick, my guidance would be to go a little bit more expensive and get Tony Rudiger, as Brian mentioned. I just feel like he actually offers at least a little bit of goal threat, which Christensen might not offer. And I think he's just slightly more nailed in the starting eleven um, than Christensen. So. I like Tony Rudiger. He would be my first choice Chelsea defender if I'm not going to be going kind of risky backing a Ben Showell, uh, Reese James, or a Marcus Alonso. However, I think Brian did mention Reese James, and he's someone that I just want to give two more quick cents on. He's suspended for three games, which you would think if you had him in your FPL squad already, that's trash. That's terrible. You got to transfer him out. However, he's not in a lot of FPL squads, and people are earmarking Chelsea for their fixture swing, which is coming in game week seven. So in three game weeks, where are we going to be at? We're going to be approaching the transfer deadline of game week seven, and Reese James is going to have fresh legs, and he's going to be highly motivated to kind of shove it back in the league's face for not rescinding or at least reducing this ridiculous red card that was levied against him. (laughs) So I think he's going to be hungry, he's going to be motivated, and he's probably going to get minutes. So I think he becomes even more appealing as an FPL player in that game week seven slot. So again, that's not a move you make today, but I could see there being a lot of sense in doing the Chelsea defensive double up come game week seven or game week eight when those fixtures really start to easy out a hundred percent patrick hopefully we got we covered that question uh there are tons of options in chelsea's back line but i think patience is key there are some other good options like wolves players that you can make the change now and then maybe make another swap in a couple game weeks yeah you just have to have a few million uh potentially in the bank to upgrade some of your 4.5 so those playing 5.5 defenders for chelsea and i just want to again point out that with kurt zuma leaving you know, there is very um, much an opening in the squad for Christensen. So just keep that in mind because Thiago Silva is 34, 35, 36. Like he's, he's an old, uh, he's got some sea legs on him. So this is a time for, he's old, he's old. Yep. This is a time for Christensen to potentially play a lot more minutes than he ever has before. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. But moving on to the next question. Our mate Andrew Steinberg asks, now that we've seen three weeks of FPL, what, who are the most favorable and unfavorable matchups across the league? Bucks, let's start with the whipping boys. Let's let's name our, our top four whipping boys. Sure. So for me, that's going to be Norwich is by far and away the best matchup. I think they will be targeted for a captaincy most of these 38 game weeks when it makes sense. Next in line, I think Southampton, they look like they're a bit of a mess. Obviously, we've been seeing the praises of their young uh, back, Livermento, but he can only do so much, and I don't expect they're going to be keeping many clean sheets. I think after that, Crystal Palace is in the mix. They, They don't look very inspiring. And you have to say, from what you've seen so far, Arsenal seem like a team kind of without 
without a without an oar right now. They're without a paddle. So uh, I want to see Arsenal turn around. I think they have good enough players that we won't be saying that come the next international break. But but who knows? So uh, they might be looking for a new manager and uh, kind of really swapping the system if a couple bad results come in the next few game weeks. Yeah, I just want to point out that I, I don't think Arsenal should be in that in that uh, grouping. I would probably put um, Newcastle in there just because they play such an open um, attacking style of football that they are going to concede two or three goals each match. You know, when we're looking at uh, Fantasy Football Hub's uh, ticker for the upcoming six game weeks, the overall rank has Arsenal with the easiest fixtures in the Premier League. So we're talking about Norwich, Burnley, Tottenham, Brighton, Crystal Palace, and Villa all in the next six matches. So they could get back on track very easily. So I think I'd, I'd sub in Newcastle there just because uh, they'll they'll give up the goals uh, time and time again. Yeah, and just on the flip side, the hardest matches, I think we've already started to see a real creme de la creme emerge. And that involves Spurs, Manchester City, Chelsea and Liverpool. I think those teams, oh, sorry, and Man United. So I think those handful of teams have already showcased that they have more talent and are just better drilled than the rest of the league at this point in time. Yeah. And you have those aspiring teams like West Ham and Leicester trying to crack the top four, but their defenses look shaky and I would not be um, avoiding those, those fixtures by any means if you're going to be considering bringing in a player uh, who plays one of those two teams because they they will play in a game where they're trying to win, but they can leave themselves leave themselves exposed. So uh, I think that's a, a good shout there, Bucks, on those different teams. Last question of this episode comes from Kevin Carlson, and this is I guess it's fantasy adjacent, but he wants to know who our pick is to end up with the golden boot. Uh, but more specifically, he wants to know who we think is going to score the most goals between Ronaldo, Kane, and Lukaku. Brian, you want to take this one first? Oh my, oh my. Look, as, you know, FPL adjacent, I mean, what is an FPL adjacent first and foremost? Um, but for me, I, I really, really like the fit of Lukaku because all the players around him in Tuchel's system are designed to cross the ball you're looking at Mason Mount you're looking at Reese James Chilwell on the left Alonzo um, I, I really just think that the team is set up to feed that beast and we don't have many other goal scorers at Chelsea whereas you look at some place like Tottenham I don't know if they're going to score enough goals for Kane to be up there in the golden boot race he's also just got some drama um, you know off the field for his upcoming move after this season and you know, Ronaldo, obviously coming off a 29 game or excuse me, coming off of a 29 goal performance at Juventus, he did not have any kind of offensive talent that surrounds him here at Manchester United. You could see a season where any one of Rashford, Bruno or Greenwood all score 15 goals. So I'm less bullish on him to repeat and get over 25 goals. But uh, again, you know, you, you judge you judge the goats and you go against him and you get burned. Uh, I've, I've been writing Tom Brady off for a number of years and he just keeps collecting rings. So I, I, I do uh, know I'm setting myself up for uh, some uh, criticism down the line. We have snipped this clip and we'll uh, save it for posterity. But I agree with Brian. I think Lukaku already has a goal to his tally, uh, whereas Kane and Ronaldo don't. 
And I think that he is, he's in the easiest situation to score goals, I think. As Brian mentioned, he's clearly the focal point. The team makes a lot of sense and the system makes sense around him. And so I think Lukaku is my choice to be the top scorer out of that trio of super premium forwards. However, I'm going to stay true to my bet from preseason. And I think that Mo Salah is going to win the golden boot and he's going to finish the season as the top overall FPL point scorer. So I know that wasn't technically involved in your question, Kevin, but uh, go against Mo Salah at your own peril. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good shout. I mean, he technically should be a forward in FPL, so very lucky that we get his bonus points for being a midfielder. Uh, I actually had a question back on Lukaku. You know, when you talk about Salah, you talk about Kane, you talk about Ronaldo, they're all going to be on pens. Do you think that that Big Rom is going to take pens away from Jorginho in this squad for Chelsea, or is it really if he's on the pitch or if he's not on the pitch, then maybe Rom will take? Uh, pens for Chelsea. What are your thoughts there? Because that could definitely boost his chances. Yeah, great question. I think Jorginho is going to be the first choice. He's just proven he has a great form. It's it's kind of a cheat code, but uh, it seems like keepers are actually starting to figure it out. He missed one during the international break, but I expect that Lukaku will not be the one taking those, but who knows? I think it remains to be seen. Lukaku is probably second choice, But I think Lukaku is going to be on the field more often than Jorginho is because he has less kind of like-for-like replacement. So I just think Lukaku can score in so many ways. He almost doesn't need penalty kicks. That's just like uh, icing on the cake. So that doesn't worry me. I think what's appealing is he's cheaper from an FPL perspective than both CR7 and Harry Kane. And I think that Chelsea are going to score more goals probably than both those other teams. So... Great question. I think with that, uh, we're at the end of our community questions. Again, please get in touch with us. We're at FPL Blues Podcast on social and FPL Blues Podcast at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you are in our mini league. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you some clarity into our transfer moves going into game week four, as well as our captain selection. Alrighty, after two full weeks off of FPL, we've been thinking about our potential transfer moves, and there's been huge news with Ronaldo joining. Bucks, are you going to succumb to the FPL Twitter community's pressure and bring in CR7 this week? I know you have two free transfers, which is uh, very uh, unlike you. So what are you thinking here for your transfer moves this game week? Yeah, so with all the wild cards and hype around Cristiano, I'm actually going to zag, I think, in a pretty big way. I like the way my team is set up, and I'm confident in the structure and the flexibility I have, at least for the next few game weeks. So I'm not going to make any wholesale changes right now and rush out Bruno Fernandez and rush in Cristiano Ronaldo. Instead, with my two free transfers, I'm going to just be doing some changes to my forward line. I want to get in the kind of new hot topic. So I'm going to ship out Danny Ings and Ivan Tony. They've done great for me thus far. And in their place, I'm going to bring in DCL and Dennis. And the benefit of this beyond the fact that I'm getting two players with much better matchups is that I'm also putting a million of FPL monies in the bank for next week and future transfer moves. So right now that's my move. I haven't hit the 
submit button just yet, but that's what I'm thinking. If DCL is in fact injured with this nagging toe and muscle injury uh, more significant, then I'll probably end up just going Danny Ings to Dennis and roll that transfer one more week. Hmm. So still remains to be seen, but this will allow me to have uh, full flexibility and kind of see Ronaldo play a match. And then I'll also be able to potentially bring in Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Kane with a cheaper playing third striker next to them. So again, I'll be able to make some of these moves without necessarily needing to initiate my wild card. All right, Bucks. I'm definitely lukewarm on these potential transfer moves this week. DCL, I love as a target. Do you have money in the bank just to go Ings to DCL or do you not have any money in the bank? I do not. My team value is up uh, almost to 101 million, but I don't have any I don't have any extra shekels just gotcha, gotcha. to make a life. That, that makes a lot more sense and why you need to downgrade Tony to somebody like Dennis um, to make that move to DCL. I mean, DCL looks and he, he's been my target for a number of weeks heading into this particular game week. Now that the fixture run for the mini fixture run for Villa is switching. So I'm really hoping that he does not have a knock um, and he can come in because I, I don't want to start Ings versus Chelsea. Um, so moving on to my team, you know, I have 0.8 in the bank, so I can go to either DCL or I can go to Jesus. So those are my two targets. I, I really want to make a transfer this week and bring that into my squad. Um, I mean, I could roll out Ings and just take his blank and then have two transfers to then, be able to move, you know, the likes of Bruno to Fernand Ferran Torres and then Ings up to Lukaku or Ronaldo. So those are a couple of things that I'm I'm considering, but all I know is I'm not taking a hit for Ronaldo this game week, and that's something that I will gladly live with. And who and who's your captain gonna be this game week, Brian? Oh, captain. Well, I've missed the last two captain shouts, so it feels like uh, an eternity since I've last nailed one like a month ago, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be captaining. Um, I'm going to be captaining Salah this week versus Leeds. I think he's primed and ready to rumble and uh, is just based on the open play that I expect in that match. And for him to get his 100th goal at Liverpool, he's going to be my captain. And then my vice captain will be Bruno Fernandez. And uh, I'll be happy, uh, you know, with my two premiums there. What about you, Bucks? Who are you thinking about captaining? Yeah, I'm also going Mr. Reliable Mo Salah as my captain. Ugh, Bucks. What, we're always on the same captain. And then I just ended up, you know, last week switching mine to uh, to Bruno. But, hey, this is what happens when you talk to somebody about FPL for hours and hours each each week. We end up on the same best choice. It's a little bit of mind meld, but I also think that, you know, FPL is a game of small differences, so you shouldn't be frustrated if your mates are picking a very similar team to you over the course of 38 game weeks. Really, the difference between a top 10K and a top 100K finish is only two points every single game week, so that makes all the difference. So I think Amon Salah as my captain. My vice captain is going to actually be Mason Greenwood. I don't expect that to mean anything, but... uh, yeah, that's where mm-hmm. I stand right now. I really, really want to learn a little bit more before I am prepared to do a wild card. So I think 
coming out of this international break, if you have a free transfer, this is not the time to get cute and to bank it because there's already been so much price movement over the last two weeks. You really need to use that transfer this game week. And then you could kind of start start planning for long-term moves uh, in game week five. That's just a quick word of wisdom. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, also just want to shout out a few of the other differential captain shouts, which would have to be Antonio away to Southampton. Uh, Southampton Southampton seems to be shipping away the goals and nobody's in better form than Antonio. So that's a, a, a decent shout. And then, you know, if you have Harry Kane uh, versus Crystal Palace, again, we went through his accolades versus Palace in the past. He seems primed to get his first Premier League goal. And then Lukaku is another uh, you know, premium forward. If you have him in your side versus Villa, I think those are three great captain shouts all in the forward line for this game week. Fantastic. Okay. I think that brings us to the end. We've covered a preview for game week four. We've answered our listener questions and we've discussed our team moves. So with that, we appreciate you listening. You can find us on social media at FPL Blues Podcast and email us your questions, fplbluespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love for you to join our mini league, which is FPL Blues Podcast Super League. You can find links to that through our social media. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you here again for Game Week 5 preview and beyond. Hey, we're back, baby. No more international break blues for us good luck to all the managers out there let's get some green arrows and just take those to the moon we'll see you next time big points baby big points only thanks guys let's go